It's the Boxed Out Podcast, Episode 7. I'm Harry Worth, and as always, I'm joined by Jack McDonald. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. We're back. I had COVID. Now I don't. How are you doing, Harry? What's going on? I am good, thank you. I'm a lot better than you were last week. Apologies to the listeners for the brief delay. Jack was not well, but I'm good. Um, pushing on. Work's very busy, as I'm sure most people are. The Christmas rush, we love it. We really don't, but excited for no, Christmas. We hate it. Excited for Christmas, but yeah. More yeah. looking forward to the holidays, if oh, I'm honest. 100%. 100%. Get me, get me out of this. I had a taste of it last week when I was off work with COVID, but now, um, yeah, back into the swing of things fully. Um, but yeah, not long to go. Let's stick it out. Lots yep. of NBA going on. Um, let's talk about it. Yeah, lots going on. I've been loving it still. It's been such a good season. Lots happening. Um, I feel like the equilibrium is sort of starting to find itself a bit more. Um, teams that, you know, we were expecting to struggle with, you know, some of them are really struggling, like the San Antonio Spurs. Um, mm-hmm. Some teams are starting to come right. Um Philly and Miami, Golden State, those sorts of teams. Um, but we'll get into that later. I wanted to start you off with who may be, at the moment, the best player in the league. Stop. And I'm not talking about Giannis. I'm not talking about Jokic. I'm talking about Anthony frickin' Davis. 55 points today, 17 rebounds. This guy is a beast. He's yeah, he's he's back to how he used to be. We're seeing we're seeing Pelicans AD out there, and we I mean we spoke about this. He's when he can do this, the Lakers they're on one, and look recently they have been, and that is a big credit to Anthony Davis who has stepped it up. He's He's gone away from his weaknesses and he's just started playing to his strengths. He's going to the basket, he's getting to the line, and he's dominating on defense. He's doing exactly what he should have been doing for the last two or three years. It's so fun to watch. Um, a little bit of it was like LeBron was out and he was just roaming around. He was a one-man band and it was amazing. But even since LeBron's come back, he has still been just absolutely dominating And I think there's always been like a bit of a weird relationship between those two because LeBron got that, got to um, Los Angeles and was like, 80's the guy, he's going to be MVP, he's going to be this, he's going to be that. But then LeBron has sort of been the guy ever since those two have been playing together. And it almost felt like Anthony Davis was stopping himself or holding himself back. And like, it was almost like he didn't want to take that mantle off LeBron but now he's kind of realized it's like in this like four game period with no LeBron that it's like if we want to win if we're going to be good I actually have to take this and just fucking go and it's been working for him yeah very very well it has been why was this not happening earlier it's it's clear he's always been capable capable of it and I understand yes he is the second fiddle to LeBron but when the Lakers made this trade for AD, I don't think it was sort of like a one and a two with him and LeBron. It was a one and a one, or a one A and a one B. And obviously LeBron's a bit older, so when he when he retires, AD's going to have to be the one to carry this franchise. And I just always assumed that that's sort of how it would be. But look, now, yes, he's playing like that. I'm just, I'm a bit curious as to why this hasn't been happening, even though the roster hasn't been great, why he hasn't been dominating individually like he has been over the last week or two. I reckon there's something mental there. Um, he's always been a bit tentative around the paint the last couple of years. Like he doesn't want to get hurt. Um, he's not, you know, going up as aggressively as he often does or often used to. Um and I suppose that does play on your mind a bit when you've been injured so much and you're scared of coming down wrong or whatnot. I also think he has looked to LeBron a lot. And it, it's definitely such a tough one because 
LeBron commands that. I believe to an extent he actually doesn't want that. He, I mean, he wants it, but he, he wants AD to just go. But at the same time, he's probably the biggest thing stopping AD from going because AD's like got too much respect to like be like, no, LeBron, you pass me the ball. Mm. What do you, is that what you think it is, a respect thing? I think there's definitely something part, part of it. I mean, some people would call it intimidation, but I think it's more of a, of a respect thing that to be on the same court as LeBron and to be like, you pass me the ball instead of like taking it yourself. You've got to have some level of supreme confidence to do that. And I think in the past, Anthony Davis has either been intimidated or too respectful of LeBron to take that limelight off him. But in the last wee while, he sort of realized, actually, either LeBron's empowered him or something's just clicked to make him be like, actually, this is what we need to do. And it's it's amazing. 35 points, 13 and a half rebounds, three assists, 3.2 blocks, 67% from the field, 84% from the free throw line in the last five games. And that's, you know, with LeBron back. He's doing things we haven't seen since Shaq. <sighs> that's bold. I mean, no. yeah, no, I've seen, I've seen the, the Instagram posts about... Anthony Davis is the first player to hit this many shots and get this many rebounds since Shaquille O'Neal. But I mean, really, the Lakers are still, they're but... still at the bottom of the standings. Yes, he's playing well. To me, I get what you're saying. I understand. I don't think you can look into AD's head like that and understand what is happening mm. in the Lakers locker room. Personally, I think it, he, I think he's just playing to his strengths. He's cut down his shot selection from outside and is just going inside, inside, inside. Mm. Not the whole time, but he's ramped it up so much more to where it's a noticeable difference, to where he's not taking those long twos that he used to take. You know, he's he's actually playing the way that he should be playing and the way that he's always been dominant in playing. That's what I think it is. I And... That change, I don't know if that's him deciding that or if it's the coaching staff deciding that or if it's LeBron telling him, do your thing, AD. Mm. I think that's what it is. Well, yeah, I mean, look, we can't say for certain, but I just think he's shifted his play style and he's he's back to where he used to be. For now, anyway. It hasn't been a long time that he's been doing this, but it's promising signs and we haven't seen that for the last few years. Yeah, it's been about 10 or 11 games now, and the Lakers are 8-2, and two, which, you know, is significant, I, I think. Um, you mentioned, like, the Lakers still being down the bottom of the standings. I think, so, yeah, that they are 12th at the moment, which is down the bottom, so that is correct. They're 10-12. and 12. They're five and a half games behind Phoenix, who are in number one. Five and a half games is a lot, I, I get it, but just in the East... Just looking at it now, the Hawks are in fourth in the East, and they're five and a half games behind the Celtics in number one. So the West really is so cluttered, those top 12 teams there. And, you know, a couple of good games, a couple of bad games for another team, and the whole thing can just shift. Um, and so the last 10, and the eight and two in the last 10, I, I'm looking into that. I'm being a biased troublesome Lakers fan I'm just looking at the last 10 because it suits my narrative <laughs> but um that's what I'm that's what I think is more relevant than those first 12 games or however many it was yeah well uh, of course of course I, I would totally agree with that and also you're seeing those teams that initially out the gate were like oh my goodness, I can't believe that we thought this team was going to be so bad and now they're so good. Well, the Jazz, who were the one seed a couple of weeks ago, are now uh, the, what is that, the ninth seed? Mm -hmm. The ninth seed? Yeah, four and you six know, in their last ten. Yeah, it's all, it's all sort of leveling out and you are going to see the Lakers climb and other teams too around that range. Um, things will equal out and 
I don't think they're going to carry on at an eight and two pace for the rest of no, the season. Absolutely but, not. You know, can they can they sneak into that top ten, that top eight? Maybe. Maybe. And if AD plays like this, I certainly wouldn't rule it out. And especially with Russ accepting his bench role, you know, things things are looking up for them. Um it wouldn't surprise me. Yep, me me neither. And like you mentioned with AD and the playing at the defensive caliber, defensive player of the year caliber. Um again, that's massive. Um it's gonna be a tight race for defensive player of the year. A few guys um having a big impact on that end. Your guy Evan Mobley. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's up there. He's definitely up there. Yeah. So just on the eight and two thing, there are three other teams that are eight and two at the moment. Um and I think that's that is noteworthy. So the Pelicans, the Suns and the Celtics, eight and two in the last ten. All three of those teams are playing really, really well. Um the Pelicans have dealt with some injuries. I, I suppose, you know, most teams have, have dealt with some injuries at this point, but the Pelicans have really, you know, they've had Zion in and out, they've had Ingram in and out, CJ McCollum in and out, mm. but they've really come together um, these last 10 games. And I think today was a prime example of how deep this team is with their role players. Jose Alvarado off the bench, 38 points, That's 8 of insane. 11 from 3. That's insane. What a man. What a man. That's crazy. <laughs> if you have guys like that on your roster that can just explode like that, you're in a, you're in a good place. And this is all of this is happening without Ingram. He he hasn't <laughs> played recently. Um and he's I mean, he's arguably their best player. Yeah. I mean, I mean, most Zion, people would Zion's say, yeah. Zion's yeah. probably better, but in terms of consistency and everything, Ingram's right up there. He hasn't been there, and they're still playing this well. And it's dudes like Alvarado, Trey Murphy, Larry Nance, like these dudes that can just come in on a night, do their thing, get them the dub, and then the next night they're replaced by the actual starter. That's what makes a quality team. Um, And I just wanted to ask off the back of that, Right now, their record and the their net rating suggests they're a top five team in the league. Behind the Celtics, Bucks, Cavs, and Suns, would you put them up there at least in the regular season? I mean, I think they're in the conversation. I had them. Was it three in the West? Was my prediction? Mm. Um, I was quite high on them. Um, I think. I'd hate to say, I do think the Nuggets do belong in that conversation as well. Yeah, they do. Um, But I do think that this team has the build to be a really, really good regular season team. But not only that, I think that's going to transfer over to the playoffs too. Like they're not going to be like the, the Hawks from a few years ago or the Jazz of recent that, you know, get 60 wins and then just bum out in the playoffs because... Ingram and CJ McCullum can get a shot whenever they want, from mm-hmm. wherever they want. CJ's been struggling um, from the field, thirty nine percent at the moment, which is that's pretty, pretty nasty. But yeah. I do think you know he has been playing a different role. He's been getting a lot more assists, playing on the ball as more of an initiator. Um, his job really is to put Ingram and Zion in a position to succeed and then mm. be available to get a bucket when they need it. Yeah. I mean, that's, he, he's been filling that role nicely or he can, he can be better. Mm. That's, I don't think that's harsh to say. Um, but you know what CJ is capable of in the playoffs. Well, he can just, you, he can just go, he can go. I, I have experienced that firsthand. He can go and he will hit just about anything that can happen. We know it can happen. But for me, the X factor is Zion. He doesn't play as many games as a lot of guys in the league. You know, he's had his problems with injuries. But my goodness, I don't think people realize how good this guy is. Mm-hmm. He is legitimately like it like I don't I don't want to say say anything crazy here, but like in a no, single say game. Say something crazy. Say something crazy. Go on. But like on his day, he can be a top five player. On his day. 
I'm not saying across the whole season, but he can have games where he will shoot like 19 of 23 from the field. And he just is an absolute tank. He gets all your other bigs in foul trouble. You cannot stop him. He's got that real weird like one-two hop and he Mm. just like leans in with his shoulder and like finger scoops it to the hoop. Yeah. It's unstoppable. I've I've never seen a player that has the body in combination with like the hand eye that mm. he does. It's it's pretty crazy just how he gets to the rim whenever. Anyway, anyway, they're a great team. Um and they and I was right. them. I was yeah, right. Well them yeah. That them and the other teams that I just mentioned are the only teams in the league with plus four and a like above plus four and a half net rating. The only teams in the league with fifteen or over wins. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know if I'd go as far to say um, the Pelicans are a top five team, but they're right around that mark. Yeah, it's going to come down to injuries. Mm. Um, but yeah, they they are doing really really well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, moving to the East, um, a team I hate talking about, but a team that is doing really well the Celtics Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are they the best duo in the NBA all right all right all right okay okay I'm gonna list off some duos for you right okay okay please do all right so you've got Jason Tatum Jalen Brown you've got Giannis and probably Drew Holiday at this stage at least, well, we haven't. Middleton's only just come back. Donovan Mitchell and Garland. Trey Young. Dijonte Murray. James Harden, Joel Embiid. I don't really think there are any other notable duos. Oh, KD and Kyrie. So that's the East done. Booker and CP, or Booker and Aiton. Um, Ingram, Zion, CJ, two of those guys. Jokic and fucking bones highland whoever else their second best player is i don't know i don't know who the nugget second best player is um jamarant and desmond bain De'Aaron fox and sabonis steph curry and probably Whatever. andrew wiggins <laughs> steph curry and a paper towel <laughs> literally um and then lebron and ad i'm not i'm not saying Anthony Edwards and Cat or Gobert, they're not good enough for this for this conversation. Um, oh, Lu- oh, Luca, we have, I've forgotten Luca. Luca and Dinwiddie, Tim Hardaway Jr., hmm. Christian Wood, Luca and a packet of chips. Yeah, um, that's probably yeah. the second okay, best if, duo there is. But if we're talking strictly duos, so just off the bat, going to rule out Jokic, going to rule out Steph, going to rule out Luca. Um, well, in my personal opinion, you need a top whatever guy to, to win it all. You know, you need, you can't have two really good guys. I think you need one absolute superstar and one slightly below if you're going to average it all out. Mm -hmm. And other than, other than Tatum and the MVP chat this early, that has a duo partner, it's probably KD. KD and Kyrie, maybe. Mm-hmm. Kyrie hasn't fucking played, though, so I don't think I'd say Kyrie. LeBron and Anthony Davis? Uh, they're the 12th seed, so no. <laughs> I think you have to say it is Tatum and Brown right now. I want to see how Middleton plays. But at the moment, they are the best team in the league. Tatum is, if he's not the best player in the league, he's right up there. Mm-hmm. You've, you've got you've got to put them up there. It's got to be them or they're in the top three. They're a, a great two-way duo as well, which I think mm. gets overlooked. Like their switchability on the perimeter and then what they can do inside, um, guarding bigger bodies too. I think that, that just there's such weapons out there they're just pests and today 
like, okay, they're playing, the Celtics are playing Brooklyn and Tatum gets off to a bit of a rough start. But what Jalen Brown just does so well is when the, the other side of the team is focusing on Tatum, Jalen Brown will just go off and in the quarter, in the first quarter, he gave them 20 points. Like, I think he was five, five or five from three. Yeah. And it's just, it's just like, oh, you put all your energy into suffering Jason Tatum. And then this other guy just does the exact same thing that Tatum can do to you. And yeah. like, he like buys Tatum the time to work his way and feel his way into the game, into games. And mm. that's what you need. You need someone that you can count on to support your superstar in that way. Mm. It, yeah. I, Brown is the perfect number two guy that you need. Um, <laughs> yeah. He he doesn't really have any weaknesses. But so, well, I mean, obviously, I I still think he can work on his handle a bit. He can't but, dribble. He can't dribble. No, yeah, but look, he's a wing. He doesn't he yeah. he doesn't need to. Um, and they've got like twelve point guards on that roster, so look, he'll be fine. Um, but he's such a good second option just because of the skill set that he has. You know, he's a shot maker. He can take you off the dribble. He's fantastic on defense, can shoot, you know, can bomb threes, can also pull up, get to the rim, can pass a little bit. You know, he's the type of guy that you want alongside your superstar. Um, hmm. And there's a few guys in that list you mentioned that are very similar, like Desmond Bain, another guy yeah, like great. that, that you sort of want to be your second guy because they're not going to, they're not going to ruin a game for you. They're not going to shoot you out of a game or be a sieve on defense. Um, so yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I think I think they're great, and I, I feel like I look up every single day and Tatum's dropped thirty again. Yeah, he's been insane. He's just really picked up where he left off last year. Like they were just on such a tear at the second mm. half of the regular season last year, and like. I, th- I think they were probably quite hurt by what happened there in the finals. I think there are two teams that are playing like they're hurt right now. That's the Celtics and the Suns. Like mm. the Sound- Suns got absolutely humiliated. Game seven at home, losing by 800 points to Luca. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. absolutely humiliated. And I think even though the Celtics loss wasn't humiliating, I think the Warriors were incredible. Steph Curry was incredible. Mm. They lost to the best shooter ever, right? Like, there's nothing humiliating about that. But I think that they've they've just come into this season motivated, and Tatum is just elevated once again. Yeah, and like, they're not messing I, around. I think with both of those teams, you mentioned the Suns, but obviously the Celtics too. Their number one guy, Tatum and Booker, they're both guys that are gonna work. And we saw that we saw that with Booker, the year that they lost in the finals to the Bucks. Two days later, he's on the plane going to the the World Cup, or was it the Olympics? Whatever think, it was. Yeah, it was FIBA. Oh, it, it was something for Team USA. It was some Team USA thing. Two days after losing the finals, he's on a plane with Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, going 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 to play basketball for the for the states. You know, and that's. I hope I don't they think... talk some shit to him, eh? Oh, you'd have hope, to. You'd have so. to. You'd have to. But him, Booker, and Tatum strike me as guys that are just going to work. And they, look, absolutely, you can take some time off. But as soon as you're over it, get back in the gym, work on what lost you that series, and come back better. Both of those guys have obviously done that from last year. And right now, both of them, are, both of them are on the top teams in their conferences, looking like absolute studs. Yeah, I've never like Devin Booker's never been my absolute favorite guy. Um, I know he is; he's a lot better than I think he is. If if that makes any sense at all, like the way he's led this team without Chris Paul, it's on one. So many people were sort of saying like, "Oh, the Suns are good because of Chris Paul." It's like, well. Uh, yeah, no, they're good because of Devin Booker and all the other pieces as well. But yeah, he really has just improved every single year, um, especially like the last like four, four or five years, like once they started winning games mm. as a playmaker, not just as a, a guy that can um, score, although what was it, 51 and three quarters, 
20 of 25 from the field yeah um didn't play the fourth quarter like that's just wild and to be honest like i was stoked that that was all he did like what was it six years ago he's would have been there in the fourth quarter trying to drop 70 again screwing around Mm. like he's just like actually no i'm here on a a bigger mission than to score as many points as i can in the game like i did my work now i'm gonna sit out rest it's a bit yeah. of that like warriors mentality, you know, like how when they were pushing for the 72 and 10 and it just like destroyed them and they all got injured and tired and then they lost like, book is like, yeah, okay, 51, cool. I don't need to do anything more than that. Well, that, that was like the whole warriors thing was, well, didn't clay drop, what was it? 60 and three quarters, mm-hmm. like way back, like yeah, years yeah, yeah. and years and years ago. And Steve Kerr pulled him for the fourth quarter, didn't play him a minute. I mean... Yeah, you'd be a little bit upset about that. You want but to go when, for it. But when you're but, chasing bigger yeah. things, like that's yeah. it, right? You're. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exactly. not about what you're doing yourself. It's about what the team's doing, and I think that's something that Booker's really learned. Maybe from Chris Paul, to be honest. But I mean, he's gone from a guy that was hating on Joakim Noah for double teaming him in training, to like seemingly relishing that sort of thing. Yeah. And. The Suns, Chris Paul's not there. How many games has he missed now? It'd be over ten, right? Oh, I've got him in one of my fantasy teams. I think, yeah, at least you'd be pushing. You'd be pushing nearly twelve. Yeah, 13. I'd say so, something like that. You know, he what he? I mean, he is the glue that holds this team together. Allegedly, maybe he's not. I'm not saying he's bad, but like, I'm just elevating mm. Booker a bit. He's been insane. Without their second best player in Chris Paul, without Cam Johnson, who is a fantastic role player, and then without Jay Crowder, who hasn't set foot on the court this year because he's such a little bitch. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> Screw like Screw that guy. guy yeah. I'm, I've never been a Crowder fan either. But like DeAndre Ayton's picked things up, especially mm-hmm. recently. So I, he's basically 17 points 10 rebounds on the season but he's 22 points 12 and a half rebounds in the last five he's you know feeling himself a little bit and he's doing this without chris paul you know he doesn't have someone getting him probably like eight points just absolutely free every game Mm. because that's what chris paul has always done for his bigs he you know he made Stephen adam look like a top top role man in the league um (laughs) Yeah, well, Back in OKC. Aiton's always been better than that. It, he's not just a dude that gets spoon-fed. I know that can be easy to think that that's who he is, but he's he's always had touch. He's always been able to, to shoot. And that goes all the way back to his college days. You know, I've watched a fair bit of Arizona basketball in my time, but he he's always had that skill where he doesn't need to just be a role man finishing lobs getting those like little baby hooks around the basket he's got that talent to expand his game a little bit i'm glad that he's doing that because it will be better for him in the long term um but yeah this team the sun's team i'm gonna toot my own horn a little bit here nearly every single person i spoke to was so out on them not me (sighs) yes you yeah, I, yes, have, I had them sixth. Yes, it's six. Their team didn't even change from last year. I just thought that that DeAndre Ayton thing with the console, you know, he was a restricted free agent and he wanted more money from Phoenix. Phoenix have a notoriously terrible owner, super tight with the money. And he went out, got a big offer from the Indiana Pacers the Suns had like a bit of time to match it. Last minute they matched it, so he stays with Phoenix. But like DeAndre Ayton had all but like bought himself a house in Indiana. Like he was out of there. Mm. And I just thought that that kind of attitude would impact negatively, along with Jay Crowder being like, if I'm not starting, I'm not playing. Mm. Then you've got the stuff with the owner coming out with all the bad stuff he's done, and then like the humiliation last year. I just thought there were a few things that were going to culminate to yeah. result in some sort of explosion. But yep, yeah, I was wrong. Well, you no, were right. No, it, 
it makes sense because I thought similar things about the Celtics when we were doing our predictions. And I know Mm. you did too, where all the stuff would build up and they wouldn't quite be where they were the season prior. But look, we can't see into the locker room. Um, Obviously, they had a moment where it was all figured out um, and they have carried on from last year, the Suns and the Celtics this year. Good on them playing beautiful basketball mm. some teams that have not been playing beautiful basketball oh geez there is a real race to the bottom at the moment um some teams have just slipped as expected some teams you know started hot then slipped the spurs i think i mentioned it earlier they've lost 11 games in a row that and it doesn't even 15, feel like they're tr- 15 of their last 16 Oh my God. It doesn't even feel like they're trying to lose as well. Like they're literally putting up their best guys. And that's their episode one. I remember you said that their opening right night roster was the worst opening night roster you'd seen. And I mean, it's showing. It's, it's, I had a moment earlier this year when they they started off five and two. I was like, you know what? Them, the jazz, like, Maybe they're not that bad. And I was watching <laughs> the Spurs play and I was sort of just like, you know, they've got a collection of players. They've got a lot of dudes that other teams, teams gunning for the playoffs would be like, yep, I'll take him. Trey Jones, take him. Devin Vassell, take him. <laughs> Pirtle, you know, Keldon Johnson. You got a few of those bench guys as well. Zach Collins. Those are sort of guys you'd want to have I on the team. I hate Zach Collins. He's got the much, most punchable face. Yeah, I also despise that guy. Um, But yeah, anyway, that's besides the point. I just sort of thought, you know, they've got a good collection of guys. They're not going to negatively chuck the ball the entire night. They'll be okay. No. No. They just don't have enough. There's not even no one on this roster can can win a game for them. Yeah, and uh, the Rockets are just as bad. And it's their coaching is so frustrating as well. Why are you like? Why are their best guys? Like, I don't care if Jamari Smith Jr. is negative thirty in the game. Put him on. Give him minutes. Not just because I'm betting money on him doing things, <laughs> and I don't want to lose it, but just let him play minutes. Oh man, play Tell your me young. About it. Did, oh, did you go over Jabari Smith five and a half rebounds? Yeah, too? I did, and he, and he had five <laughs> rebounds for like a quarter and a half. And they were playing like, oh, some random like veteran. Bruno off- Fernando. Oh, and and Bruno Fernando got like ten rebounds in, in his spot. Oh, it was disgusting. I Stephen Silas, the Rockets coach, he has got to be the worst coach in the league. He's got to be, without a doubt. Is there is there anyone that's even close to as bad as him? I'm. I think that Dwayne Casey is a bit of a pretender. To be, he's the, yeah, the Pistons well, coach. I, I think there's just something there. Like he was notorious for those Raptors years that where they just had main regular seasons and then just like had nothing in the playoffs. I think the the pressure always got to him. Um, I'm not huge on Doc Rivers as like an X and O's guy, but I think personality coach. Yep. Nate McMillan. That that was some drama. Did you hear about that? How Trey Young refused I to did. play the game because coach was like. Trey's rehabbing from a shoulder injury and coach is like you're better you can play or don't show up so Trey just didn't show up to the game he gone oh he gone <laughs> nah, Wait. Uh, yeah that, that's that's not a good look you know those, all those guys I'll put them in the top five for worst coaches but you cannot convince me that anyone but Steven Silas is the worst coach in the league this dude I'm not saying I could coach an NBA team, but my goodness, this dude it just makes the most baffling lineup decisions. His players are obviously just, I feel like they're hating their lives because they're just losing and they're just chucking up shots. There's no structure. They're down by 20 every second night. It's just an absolute shambles. It's a terrible culture. And 
But like, who cares? Who cares if you're down by 20? Like, you've got Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, Jabari Smith Jr., Alfred Sengun, Tari Eason. You've got, like, young talent. Let them play. Let them get smashed. You know, give them reps. Trial by fire. Yeah, well, yeah, I agree. You, I don't. I also think you don't want to create losing habits. Yeah, that, within that a team. True. Yeah, um, they not, need like one guy over twenty eight. Well, they got Eric Gordon, who's somehow playing thirty minutes a night. What are we doing? Are we trying to lose or are we trying to win? I don't understand it. If we're trying to lose, why are we playing Eric Gordon? What? Why? Why? I don't even think and Eric Gordon's like the prime like let's teach you how to like develop winning habits kind of guy no not at all D- didn't he force his way out of like a, a couple of, off the out of the clippers was it like a I while know, ago man. or out of the pelicans he's, to the clippers or something like that he's yeah. he does look he's old let him let him have a go on a contender he needs he needs to get out of there and then silas is gonna be forced to play young guys tari eason had an incredible preseason. He looked like he was going to be on the all-rookie first team. He looked amazing, and now he barely plays. Sengun. Sengun was one of the, the steals of the draft last year. He's playing behind Bruno Fernando. He's playing like <laughs> 24 minutes a night or something. It's, it is just absolutely baffling to me the decisions that this guy is making. Anyway. Other teams... Just- that are struggling yeah, in the West. Other to yeah, we'll move things. on from that dumpster fire. Um, the Thunder still struggling, but we're not going to say a single bad word about them because they have got Shea Gilgis Alexander on their team, and he, he is amazing. He's going to be an All Star this year, as we have repeatedly said. Um, like we talked about, the Lakers are in twelfth. I think they're going to improve. Jack probably doesn't. We'll see. The Wolves real interesting with Cat's injury. It's not working. It hasn't been working with Edwards and Gobert, and I don't think it's going to work at all. Moving to the East. Well, hold on. Oh. Just before we do, um, the Jazz, I know I mm. briefly spoke about them. They've lost six of their last ten. They've dropped a ninth. Coming back down to earth. And that's also the same with the Blazers. Um I know Dame's been injured, but Blazers, hot start. I think they were first very recently. Mm. Back down the rankings again. I, things things are normalizing in the West to an extent. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, the Jays I mean, will keep surprising some people, I think. Um, so, so will the Blazers, but yeah, I think. At, at least if Dame's going to be in and out injured. Um, yeah. But. Yeah. The well, East. can I can oh, I go? Can I start off with the East? Absolutely. Where are we? Just where are we a going? brief. Where are I'll we give heading? the briefest, briefest overview, just of all the teams. So, similar to the the Blazers, the Thunder, the Jazz, the Wizards, and the Hornets, they've come back to earth. Things things are starting to normalize. They started off hot. Now they're not. The Pistons, the Magic, yeah, they're they're Spurs level. They are. Yeah, those those teams are some of the worst in the league. And the Bulls, the Bulls are who we thought they were. They are who the, who we thought they were. Not um, good. Yeah, I mean, is there any team there that you would like to touch on more than the others? I think the Bulls are just hot trash, to be honest. Like, they've got a few big names. They've got a few flashy guys. They've got... You know, DeMar DeRozan, who's made all-star teams. Zach Levine's made all-star teams. Vucevic has even made all-star team. You think they're going to be good, but they are just not good. I don't know what Billy Donovan does with Zach Levine's lineup. He plays him in like six-minute spurts is all Zach Levine gets. I think he had like 41 points today. Um, But yeah, hot trash. They are not playing well. And I don't really think there is any way for them to go i don't think lonzo's going to save them no i mean the bro can't stay healthy as good as he is when he plays and he's good but he's not the type of guy that's going to dig you out of a hole you know he's someone you want on your roster when he's healthy but he's not someone that's going to you know carry you um and i to me i i just think the difference is last year they got lucky they got very, very lucky. They were winning games 
off buzzer beaters the whole year. They were hitting all these clutch shots. And I, I found a stat that backs that up. This year, they're minus 22 in clutch situations. So I think that's, I think a clutch situation is f- five minutes left to play in a five point game. Mm-hmm. It's, okay. um, something, it's something, yeah, like, something that. like that. Yeah. That's fourth worst in the league. Last season, they were plus 56, which was second best. Wow. Okay. So that, that'll do it. Yeah. Last year, didn't they also have like a real good record against teams that were bad and they were like, oh, and 12 or something against teams that were good. Mm. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's flipped around this year oh, where at- they're, they're getting the wins over good teams, but then just can't stop losing to the bad teams. And DeRozan, Vooch, and Levine, over the whole season, they're minus six together when they're on the floor. So the lineup, it's clearly not working. Mm, yeah. And I mean... It's time to blow is, it up. Is Vooch, like, sure, DeRozan, Levine, very good. Vooch? Mm-mm. Should he be there? Mm-mm. And they Do traded you, away Franz Wagner and Wendell Carter Jr. for him. I was... Just going to say, Wendell Carter Jr. looks better than Vooch right now. And the draft pick they traded away is Franz Wagner, who is probably going to be an all-star at some point in his career. Um, mm, I don't know if blowing it up is the answer, but the expectations have got to lower because even if they make the playoffs, they're going to get blown out by the Celtics. I think they'll get blown out by whoever is the nine seed in the nine ten matchup if they're <laughs> if they're if they're playing them to be honest. But uh, who who is the nine seed right now? Um, the Heat. Oh yeah. Um, the Wizards are eleven. Bulls are twelve. Like at this rate, they're not even even there. But I mean, it is so close. Um, they're tied with the Knicks. Oh, sorry, no, that's the the Wizards tied with the Knicks. Wizards have been struggling as well. Kuzma's been pretty pretty good really sad that we don't have him on our team anymore but um yeah he's not you know he's not gonna make them win games mm. um bradley beal can't stay healthy Porzingis has been pretty good but again they just don't have enough yeah I think Porzingis has sort of turned them around defensively um he's been damn good for them i would i mean we spoke a little bit before about defensive player of the year I wouldn't have him top five, but he's right on that cusp, I think. Um, yeah, anyway, but overall, they're losing a fair bit. Yeah, the East is sort of shaping up a little bit differently to the West. Like, at the moment, I mean, I, it is still a few games separating people, but you've got the Celtics and the Bucks, who are like the clear top two at the moment, because... I mean, Philly's dealt with a lot of injuries. They have come right. James Harden's expected to come back within the next couple of games. Tyrese Maxey's still going to be out for a while. But then you've got the Cavs, Hawks, Sixers, Pacers, Raptors, Nets, Heat, and then almost the Knicks and Wizards, like all within three, four games of each other in the middle there, whereas I think the West is just like 1 to 12 is so much more compact. Mm. Yeah, I'm. I still feel like it's so early. I I feel like there are more higher level teams in the East at the moment. Definitely. Um, I would have the East winning the finals this year so far, and I don't think it would be particularly close. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, I always say this, but I think we need to wait and see. Um, there, there's a lot of basketball to be played. Um, and yeah, but like Wizards, Bulls, Hornets, all fallen off big time. Um, and I don't particularly think there's any hope for either of those teams. Nope. Blow it up. Mm. Blow yeah. it up. What do you think? Do you genuinely think the Bulls blow it up i just i just don't know what they can do to get better because well can get Wemby. well exactly and how would they do that they'd blow it up i suppose but i think vooch is expiring at the end of the year i think 
So I'm not sure. Yeah. Presuming that that is true, like they're going to either have to, like you don't want to re-sign this guy. So does that mean that you flip him off to try to get at least something back? I know for a fact DeRozan expires at the end of next year, so he's got one more year. Levine you could probably get something for. Yeah. I just, I just, it feels like so recently they were in this position. Like, have they had one good year? Was, yeah, last was that... year was their, was their one quote-unquote good year, but they just come out of the rebuild and, like, what did they get from that rebuild? They got Wendell Carter Jr. and a pick. And Lowry Markkinen. Yeah, Lowry Markkinen, who's now killing it. But they traded it away for people that are just doing nothing for them. I don't know. I don't have much hope. Well, yeah, I just you've got to you've got to do one thing or the other, and that's a thing a lot of teams struggle with is they just sit in the middle, get their their two, three, four playoff games a year, and then do the same thing next year. Never pushing, never mm. trying to improve through being bad. Um, not to say that the Bulls have always done that because obviously they've tried to tank recently, but um. I don't think you can just sit there and just let this no. happen, especially when, you know, I think teams would give up a fair bit for DeRozan and Levine. Um, I don't know what those packages would look like, but, you know, there's going to be a team out there giving up, you know, you get a couple first round picks. I've got one Russell you? Westbrook, one 2027 pick and one 2029 pick over here. For who? Selling, selling. I don't know, whoever. Would you rather have Levine or DeRozan? I th- I think Levine, but I don't think that's enough to get Levine. I think Levine would go for a lot more than that, mm, personally. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, Quickly, before we wrap up, three teams that have sort of come right the last couple of weeks, and I do think we do need to give them some flowers. Um, the Warriors, the Sixers, and the Nets. Starting to, you know, shaky starts, but starting to see some positive signs from those three teams, especially Philly, given the injuries and the players that they've had out. Like, they've really made a bit of a move. Um, Sitting in fifth now. um, Six six and four in the last ten. But they haven't had Harden and Maxi over that stretch. Like, I think there is something to be said with that. Mm. Well, I I was just sort of thinking they got off to that horrific start when everyone was healthy. I think they were 0-4 to start off the season. And then from there, it feels like a lot of people have just seen that and been like, yep, that's who they are. Completely ignoring that Harden, well, he's probably missed a month now. Maxie's Mm -hmm. missed a a couple of weeks. And Bede, I mean, he's in and out of the lineup. It feels like, you know, every week he's... It, you know, it's changing from day to day to healthy mm. to questionable, you know. They've had a lot going on. Um, PJ Tucker hasn't been good. Melton has been bloody good. I think I saw something from PJ Tucker that he's taken one shot in three games or something just insane like that. Yeah. For he's... how many minutes he plays as well. Yeah. But still, in saying that, I think they have a good roster and I think they just sort of got written off just because of their terrible start even though they're dealing with so many injuries that you know any other team would be you'd hear all about it um and yeah nets coming right quietly coming right and same with the warriors as well like as you're saying very similar things where they're just figuring things out as they go um and i wouldn't count any of those teams out yet Yeah, with the Nets, KD has just been incredible. Absolutely Mm. insane. 30 points, 6.5 rebounds, 5.5 assists, almost 2 blocks, 55% shooting. Like, he is just... When you've got someone doing that, same with with what we've got with Steph, like, there's a way that the ship can be steadied. Um, Steph just continues to be otherworldly for the Warriors. Mm. Um, Clay seems to have found himself a little bit. He's missed a Mm -hmm. couple of games as as of late, but... The Warriors are 11 and 1 at home. So they're protect- getting the home wins, which is always a good recipe for success. And yeah, it's it's sort of what we expected. 
Um, that energy you had for Philly, I'd like you to keep that same energy for the Lakers as well. Um, just with this, the slow starts and the, the write-offs and coming right. So that would be great. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Well, look, you see, the thing is, I thought Philly would be the one seed before the season. I did not think the Lakers would be the one seed before the season. They are, you know, right now, sitting at 12th. It's better than I thought at the start of the season. <laughs> if you told me 22 games in, the Lakers would be 10 and 12, I'd be like, you know what? That's probably better than I thought. Absolutely I not. No way. No <laughs> way. If I told you that 22 games into the season, Anthony Davis was going to be the best player in the league, what would you say? I would say you're stupid like you are right now. <laughs> Come that on. It's ridiculous. How can the best player in the league be on the 12th seed? Remember I mean, me that. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> what do you mean we'll see? We'll see. We're not going to be the 12th seed for much longer, is, is what I'm saying. The way we're playing. Anyway, enough punishing Lakers chat, but just keep yeah, that same but, energy. Keep that same energy. Well, look, I, I like teams and I don't like other teams. <laughs> <laughs> anyway um that marks the end for episode seven thank you for all the support um we got our spotify wrapped and we were pretty wrapped with it it was pretty good um yeah, we were. big things next 12 months big things next few weeks gonna try to get out a couple more episodes before the christmas and new year's break but yeah, make sure you like our podcast on Spotify or wherever you're listening. Five star ratings only. Follow our Instagram at boxedoutpod. Flick us some questions. Let's go. Thank you, everyone. Shea Gildas Alexander's going to be an all star. Goodbye. <laughs>